0: Welcome everyone to our uh, third
1: part of our series on End Times for Dummies. And uh, it's good to have you all all with me today and I uh, hope you've been enjoying this, uh, this study. And again, the purpose of this study is to take someone who has little to no knowledge of the end times and uh, give them a working knowledge of, uh, of what lay ahead of us and what's going to Uh, as we move on out in time. And so uh, that's why I've titled it End Times for Dummies. Again, just to give somebody who knows little to nothing about the subject of the end days a working knowledge. Now, uh, again, this is part three. So if you missed part one uh, or part two, I wanna encourage you to go back on our Facebook page or YouTube page at Summit Church Fenton and you can catch up uh, with where we're at uh, I'm going to take little to no time to review. So if you missed out on anything, I encourage you to go back and catch up. OK, and, and that'll uh, that'll help you out. OK, to, to better understand what we're going to be talking about today. Of course, chapter one of the book of Revelation, we're using the book of Revelation as our uh, as our guide. Uh, you know, that's the book about the the end times. Uh, uh, and uh, in, in chapter one, that was. Uh, and by the way, I gave you a reading assignment. Uh, to read the book of Revelation. And uh, remember, I told you, even if you don't understand everything you're reading in there, there's a lot of symbolism. Uh, you, there's a special blessing for just reading it and for hearing it. So uh, be please be reading along uh, in, in the book of Revelation as we go. But remember, chapter one was an introductory chapter. And John was on the Isle of Patmos, and he had the vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then chapters two and three had to do with... Uh, the seven churches of revelation that, and, and of course, we talked all about that. And that really is symbolic also of a 2000 year period known as the church age, which we're in right now. Okay. The church age. And uh remember that concluded at the uh, end of chapter three, right at the beginning of chapter four and verse one, where John is caught up, or we could say raptured to heaven, and we talked all about that, and the rapture of the church, and we said much about that. And then, of course, last week I covered with you the judgment seat of Christ. Okay, so uh, having said all of that, let's pick up with the new material in uh, Revelation chapter five, and uh, I'm going to read these uh, fourteen verses uh, out of the New King James Version. And I think it's important that we read these because it kind of sets up really the rest of the book of, of Revelation. And it has to do with the scroll and the seven seals. We'll also see some heavenly worship here. So let's begin reading Revelation chapter five and verse one. And now this is the apostle John and he'd been caught up in the spirit to heaven. And uh, and then he says here in verse one, and I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne. So that's in the right hand of God, the father, a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. And and you'll see a lot of sevens in the book of Revelation and and that number has to do with God's uh, completion or the number of totality, if you will. And so you see the number seven a lot. But there was a, uh, he, he said, and I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on back sealed with seven seals. And uh, then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much, this is John now, he wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, you know, these are one of those elders that we talked about in a previous session. Said, "Do not weep. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals." Now, this is talking about Jesus. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain. Now, that's, he's talking about Jesus, the Lamb of God, having seven horns. Now. Now, Jesus does not have seven horns. This is symbolic. And what this is talking about is total and complete authority. And of course, Jesus has total and complete authority. Remember after he was raised from the dead, he said, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. And seven eyes. Now, Jesus does not have seven eyes. This is symbolic. This is talking about total and complete knowledge and wisdom. And of course, Jesus has total and complete knowledge and wisdom. Okay. And then he says, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And of course, there are not seven Holy spirits, but this is making reference to the Holy Spirit's total and complete ministry. And again, you see the number seven again and again. So, Um, So I look, verse 6, and behold, in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out in all the earth. So we explain what that means to you. That's symbolism there. Now, verse 7, then he came and took the scroll. So this is Jesus taking the scroll out of the right hand of God, the father who's sitting on the throne uh, now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have, has redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people and nation. Thank God for the blood of Jesus and has made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. So if you're born again, if you've received Jesus as your personal Savior, you are a king and a priest, and that's exciting, okay? Then I looked, verse 11, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, now this is heavenly worship and notice it's loud okay i tell you what heaven is a is an exciting place and i tell you what the worship in heaven uh, let me just tell you when you get a you get a piece of that you you experience that i tell you what you don't want to come back here to the earth no more just just take my word for it, it it's something else the worship of heaven anyway so Uh, They're worshiping God. Verse 11, I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and the number of them, 10,000 times 10,000, thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, amen, and the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever again. Quite a scene, heaven and the heavenly worship. But but here's the thing, Jesus takes this scroll with seven seals and he's going to be opening these seven seals, one after the other. And the rest of the book of Revelation actually has to do with him opening the seven seals. Now, all of these seals are yet in our future, okay? Uh, The rapture of the church is yet in our future. Remember, we're living right at the end of the church age, okay? And uh, and then the next major event is the rapture of the church and then after the rapture of the church, then um, Jesus will begin opening this seven-sealed scroll. And that's, like I said, we'll see that as we go through here over the next many weeks. And, and the, the, him opening these seven seals have to do with the rest of the book, uh, primarily, primarily the rest of the book of Revelation. One seal after another. And, and we have much to say about that. Okay. So that brings us now to a chapter six of the book of Revelation. Now the church has been raptured into heaven, and now we're at chapter six, and now we have the Antichrist, the Antichrist. And again, I wanna reiterate, the church has all, already been raptured, taken to heaven. The church's age, age has culminated with the rapture of the church. Now we're in Revelation chapter 6, and the Antichrist is now going to be revealed. Now, I want to say something. Now, Antichrist, anti means against. So uh, Antichrist would mean mean that which is against Christ, okay? And uh, I want to say this. The spirit, now the spirit of Antichrist has has been here. uh, Well, actually, the apostle John talked about it 2,000 years ago in, in, in one of his epistles about the spirit of Antichrist already being in the earth and working in the earth. And, and it, it's been working for the last 2,000 years of the church age, the spirit of Antichrist. Um, so many have yielded to that spirit. Um, perhaps maybe the best example of, of, of an evil man that, that, that yielded to that was Adolf Hitler, you know, yielding to the spirit of Antichrist. And uh, so, so the spirit of Antichrist has been been here all along, but in the future, there's going to be a man, a human being, okay? Uh, uh, he's going to be, be a Jew. There's no question about that. And uh, he's going to arise on the scene, and he is going to be empowered by the devil, and he is going to be the, the Antichrist, an actual human being. And people have asked me over the years, you know, do I think that he's living on the earth right now? And and he probably is. He probably is, okay? I'm not going to say that dogmatically for sure, but he probably is alive at this time. Uh, but, but whether or not there will be a man at some future time that arises who will be the Antichrist, okay? And, and, but the spirit of the Antichrist is already here in the earth operating. But there will be a man that will arise and um, um, will be the Antichrist. And uh, we'll talk about him as we go. In fact, we'll get into it right now. Chapter 6 here, verse 1. Now, now, Jesus, the Lamb of God, is going to start opening these seven seals, okay, one at a time. Now, look at verse 1 of chapter 6 of the book of Revelation. Now I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard one. Now I see he opened one of the seals, the first seal he opens the seal and John now says, I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, come and see Or, or you know, come. And I looked and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out conquering and to conquer. So now, Actually, these first four seals are gonna deal with four horses. This first seal deals with this white horse, okay? But then there'll be three seals after this, seven seals total, but the first four seals deal with four horses. The first one is a white horse, and we'll talk about the others in just a moment, but they're known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse, okay, or the four horsemen of Revelation. I told you about that word, apocalypse in the first session and and what it actually means and all of that. But these four horses will come forth, okay, as Jesus opens the first four seals. Now, this first horse, this white horse, the rider here is the Antichrist, is the Antichrist. Now, he comes riding on a white horse. Now, of course, we know as we look at the end of the book of Revelation that Jesus has a white horse. Okay, so what is the symbolism here of the Antichrist coming on a white horse? Well, it has to do with being a counterfeit. The Antichrist is going to arise and he is going to come on the scene and appear to be the Christ. And as you know, and if you don't know, let me let me uh, let you know that the the Jews who are God's chosen people. Okay, we love the Jews and, and they're God's chosen people. But the Jews have, uh, as a whole, rejected Jesus Christ. Okay, they've rejected him, and they are still looking for their Christ. Okay, for the Messiah. They've rejected Jesus as the Messiah, but they're and they're still looking for their Messiah. And when this 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 man arises, this Antichrist, he'll come as a as a counterfeit. Now it's unlikely that he's going to come riding in on on a white horse this white horse is 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 symbolic in my opinion but but nonetheless uh, a counterfeit counterfeit he's going to counterfeit the real messiah the real christ jesus and the jews are going to as a whole they're going to accept him as as the messiah as the christ okay so but but he comes in on this wide horse, uh, and that is symbol, symbolic of, of a counterfeit. And uh, notice no arrows, has a bow, but no arrows. And the sim- symbolism there is, is he's going to come in as a peacemaker. He's gonna uh, come in as a peacemaker, and he will be able to do, at least for a short while, uh, as we'll see as we go, he's going to be able to bring peace to the Middle East. You know, they've been trying to get peace in the Middle East for a long time. But this guy is gonna actually be able to bring peace into the into the Middle East and in, in into the world as I study it, and uh and so forth when he comes on the scene, okay? And uh and he will uh uh the Jews will receive him. That's why why he, you know, it, there's no question in my mind he's going to be a Jew. And uh, they're going to receive him, and um, uh, and, and he's going to reinstate the Old Testament sacrifices, and there'll be a building a, 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 of, of a temple, or, or there'll be, a, if not a building of a temple, there'll be a, a, a temple built at the time he comes, and uh, we'll say more about that as we go. But he's going to let the Jews uh, reinstate their Old Testament sacrifices, and. And but anyway the main thing you need to know is there's going to be a man that's going to arise at some future time and uh he will uh, be empowered by the devil but he will come in as a peacemaker he'll be a counterfeit uh to the Lord Jesus Christ and the Jews as a whole are going to receive him okay at, at least at the at at, at first okay now uh, some reasons um, some reasons to uh, think that uh, this Antichrist, this white horse rider, is not Jesus Christ, I just think you'll find these interesting. Some reasons this white horse rider is not Jesus, but rather the Antichrist. Well, first of all, Jesus is opening the seals, okay? And then Jesus doesn't appear on a white horse until the end of the book of Revelation. Uh, this guy here has one crown on his head. Jesus has many crowns. Uh, This guy has a bow with no arrows. Jesus' weapon is his word. And this guy is coming to conquer. Jesus has already conquered death, hell, and the grave. So just some reasons to, and there may be others that you could think of, but reasons that this guy is not Jesus Christ, not the Christ, but the Antichrist. Yet you got to realize Many, many, many are going to accept this guy, uh, you know, and and it's clear to me—not just the Jews, but throughout the world—are going to accept this guy as the Messiah, the Christ. Okay, and uh, and and I think it's something you need to know that when he appears, uh, you know, he's going to come in as a peacemaker, and uh, he he appears uh, at first as as the Antichrist, and then later in the book of Revelation, he's seen as the beast, the beast, all right? You've heard of the mark of the beast? Well, that's this guy, and at first he's seen as the Antichrist, this peacemaker, and all of that, but later on in the book of Revelation, and we'll get to it as we go, he's seen as the beast, and the mark of the beast, you know, 666 and all of that, We will show you that, talk to to you about that as we go, okay, in in an upcoming session. But uh, again, I want to reiterate, he comes in peaceably. If you have the time, read Daniel chapter 11, verse 21, and you'll see that he obtains his position by flatteries. He's going to be a smooth-talking individual. And uh, the 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 world is going to, uh, by and large, follow after him. The Jews and and the world, by and large, as I see it, are going to follow after this guy. And and now here's something that, if you're taking notes, you really need to get a hold of this. Okay. Now, once the rapture of the church takes place, the Antichrist is released. We just talked about that. And he's going to come as a peacemaker. I've just told you that and repeated it several times, but you need to mark this down, okay? What he's gonna do is he's going to make a peace treaty or a peace agreement with the Jews, and 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 he's gonna bring peace, as we said, into the Middle East, and it's going to be a peace agreement that's gonna last for seven years seven years. Okay. And uh, you can see that Daniel chapter nine. Now, Daniel, that's a, a book in the Old Testament. Daniel chapter nine, uh, the prophet Daniel in chapter nine verses 25 to 27. You, you, you can see there that there's going to be a peace agreement that this guy is going to make. And it's going to be, as you read it in the Old Testament, it talks about for one week But as you study into it, that one week is equivalent to seven years. So there's going to be, after the rapture of the church, the Antichrist comes on the scene as a peacemaker. He's going to make a peace treaty, a peace agreement in the Middle East, okay? And it's going to be for seven years. And that seven-year period is also known as the tribulation period, okay? So here's what I wanted you to mark down and get. The, the 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 tribulation period is going to last for 7 years okay 7 years and uh and and it's it's uh the the tri- Christ uh, uh uh establishes a peace agreement in the middle east and it'll affect a good part of the world as i study it for 7 years okay so a 7 year peace agreement and uh and, and we'll talk more about this as we go I'll bring out what this Antichrist does halfway through. We'll talk about that as we go. But a seven-year peace agreement, but it's also during that seven years, that's the seven-year tribulation period. Now, I could say much more about it to you, but again, I'm just trying to just kind of keep this as simple as I can and just kind of hit the mountain peaks of these things. So, So just know the rapture of the church takes place. The Antichrist arises as a counterfeit Messiah, and he'll, uh, with smooth talk, he'll he'll bring a peace agreement which will be for seven years, and uh, it's that's also the, the known as the tribulation period. Okay, and now something else that I think you'll find interesting about this Antichrist is in Daniel chapter eleven verse thirty-seven. Daniel chapter eleven verse thirty-seven in the King James version says this neither shall he, this is the Antichrist, neither shall he regard the God of his fathers. So so he, he being a Jew, he's not gonna regard the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he'll have no respect for the, the, the father of the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? Nor the desire of women. Now think about that. And when you study into this, there's two things that this could, could mean, and it likely means both of them nor the desire of women well first thing i guess that we might think about is that he's a homosexual and uh he well could be he well could be now you understand homosexuality is condemned in scripture okay you understand that now now we love homosexuals all right but we love them but homosexuality is a sinful lifestyle and uh it's it's a sin that needs to be repented of okay but this guy will likely be likely, in my opinion, be a homosexual. But this desire women also has, as you study into it, has to do with, uh, just to keep it as simple as I can, has to do, as you study into it, has to do with not uh, respecting the virgin birth. Because you see, as you go back to the the time of, of, of Christ's birth, It was the desire of of women uh, women back there, then virgins back there, then to to be the one that would, because the virgin shall conceive and bring forth the son. It was the the desire of, uh, uh, you know, virgin girls back there, then to be the one that would be the bearer of the Messiah. Of course, we know that that was Mary, you know, and the virgin conceived and brought forth the Lord Jesus Christ. So it was the desire of women. Uh, back there, then, two thousand years ago, to be the one that would bring forth Christ, and uh, so when it says here he doesn't regard the desire of women, it would it would be uh, also saying that well he could be a homosexual, but but likely this also means he has no regard for the virgin birth and no regard for for Jesus Christ, and and, and that's certainly clear because this is the Antichrist, and it says for he shall magnify himself above all. And of course, that's what the devil does, is always magnifies himself, okay? And this guy here will be operating under the power of the devil, uh, probably more so than any, well, no question in my mind, more so than any any person that's ever lived, okay? Now, uh, they haven't said this about the Antichrist, I've got some good news for you. And I've already brought it out to you, but I want to bring it out to you a little bit more. Because a lot of times when you know I teach on these things, people, you know, in the congregation and and over the years, as I've taught this in different places, you know, Christians will come up to me and and they'll say, Oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to have to meet this guy. Well, if you're born again, you've received Jesus as your savior, you've repented of your sins and accepted Christ as your savior, and you're a member of the church uh, of the Lord. Jesus Christ, you know, I don't mean a member of a, a local church. I mean, thank God for being members of local churches. But, but you know, you can be a member of a local church and not be saved. You need to repent of your sins, receive Jesus, and get saved and become part of, of, uh, of God's church, you know. Then get hooked into a good local church, okay? But I've had Christians come to me and say, oh, we don't want to meet this Antichrist. Well, uh, you're not going to have to. Because, remember, uh, Revelation chapters 2 and 3 have to do with the church age. The church age ends at the end of chapter 3. Chapter 4 of Revelation, verse 1, John, a type of the church, is caught up to heaven or raptured. So uh, the church is going to be raptured out of here before the Antichrist can be released. Okay, now we've already seen that in Revelation, you know, as I just stated, chapter 4, verse 1. And then later on, then in chapter six, the revel- uh, the Antichrist is re- is released. And so, if you're a Christian right now, you don't have to be concerned about having to deal with the Antichrist. And I I'm glad about that. I don't want to I don't have to deal with that guy. Okay, but let me give you some more scripture on that. Go to Second Thessalonians chapter two, and I'll show you that the church has to be taken out or will be taken out of the way, and has to be taken out of the way so that the antichrist could be revealed okay he he can't even be released remember that first seal and and jesus opened it and that voice said come and that that white horse rider came forward well well that didn't happen after the church was raptured that didn't happen until after the church was raptured okay and so uh so the antichrist can't be released until the church is raptured. But let me give you some more scripture on that. 2 Thessalonians chapter two, verse one. 2 Thessalonians chapter two, verse one. Now the apostle Paul is writing at the direction of the Holy Spirit. He says, now brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or letter as from us as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Now, this falling away, it's the Greek word apostasia. And it means a falling away, like a becoming, a, becoming lukewarm or cooling off towards something, you know. And certainly we've seen that among the church at large, at least in the United States, by and large, a cooling off. Um uh, concerning the uh, things of God we've seen that over the last many years I, I I've observed that, but this word apostasy it also means a departure, a departure. what happens at the rapture of the church there's a departure it means it from the church departs earth and goes to heaven. This word apostasy it means a departure from one place to another. So let me read this again. Let no one deceive you by any means. This is Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse three. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Well, a cooling off certainly, but also a departure can mean a departure from one place to another. And then, and then, notice, and then the man, and, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Now, that's talking about the antichrist. Now, let's read on; and it'll get become more clear. Verse four, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And we'll see that at the middle of the tribulation period is whens is when we'll see this, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a future session. Verse five, do, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? So that's the apostle Paul telling the church at Thessalonica that. And then verse six, and now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. So there's something restraining the Antichrist from being revealed right now. Verse 7 For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Well, the spirit of Antichrist, we said that a moment ago to you, a little while ago at the beginning of this session. The spirit of Antichrist already worked. It's already at work here on the earth. Now, watch it. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Now think about that. Something is holding back the Antichrist. Verse seven, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Now, I, I believe, I think this is pretty clear that this is the Holy Spirit empowered church. Now, we'll see this as we go, once the church is raptured, uh, the the Holy Spirit, he's going to remain here on the earth, okay, he's going to go with us to heaven, all right, but he's also going to remain here on the earth, see, he's in us, and he's omnipresent, he can be everywhere at once, so the Holy Spirit will be going with the church, obviously, to heaven, because he's in us, if we're saved, you know, (laughs) that's why we're going to heaven, because he's in us, we're born again, but the Bible says, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. So if we're born again, spirit of God's going with us to heaven, sure. But he's also going to stay here on the earth. And one reason I know that and we'll see this in the future session is after the rapture of the church, after the antichrist is released, as bad as everything is, there's going to be a massive worldwide revival where multitudes upon multitudes upon multitudes of sinners are going to come to Christ during the tribulation period, and the Holy Spirit has to be here uh for people to get saved. He's the great agent of salvation, okay, so he's the one that brings about the new birth when people believe on Christ, on Jesus, the real jesus you know so uh but but here's the thing for for what I'm trying to say here, verse seven: the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. See a lot of people said, well, it's a Holy ghost leaving at the rapture, well. Yeah, he's leaving in us. He's gonna stay here. What this is talking about is the Holy Spirit-empowered church. The Holy Spirit-empowered church. See, it's not until the Holy Spirit-empowered church is raptured out of this earth, taken out of the way, and then and only then can the Antichrist be revealed. So we, as Christians, don't have to worry about ever having to deal with the Antichrist. And you can see how powerful the the Holy Ghost empowered church is. I mean, Jesus said, he said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I tell you what, there's so much power within the the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the the, the, the empowered, Holy Ghost empowered church that that the Antichrist can't, can't make a move as far as coming forth onto the scene until the church is taken out of the way praise God forevermore. And then verse eight says this, once the church is removed from the earth, and then the lawless one will be revealed. That's talking about the Antichrist. Whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy him with the brightness of his coming. And that's talking about at the end of the tribulation period, and we'll see that in a future session. do it. I I preach myself (laughs) happy with that, praise God. But, uh, Let's go on just a little bit longer. So that's the first seal, okay? Now there's seven seals total here. So now let's look at the the next seal, uh, Revelation 6, uh, verse 3. The second seal, when he opened, when Jesus opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come and see. And another horse, fiery red, went out and was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth. Well well that's war now see first we had a white horse that was the antichrist now we have a red a fiery red horse that's war so war will follow with the antichrist now even though he's he'll come in by peace and he's a peacemaker and 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 they'll they'll there'll be peace at first but in the middle of the tribulation we'll see this as we go uh he's gonna break that peace agreement and uh uh it's going to lead to all kinds of war, and and ultimately to the Battle of Armageddon, and uh, and so that's what this this red horse has to do with is war. And you need to realize that these seven seals take place throughout. They're they're being opened by Jesus, but they they're open and they reveal really the 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 entirety of the Book of Revelation. Okay, so the first seal is the Antichrist on the white horse. The second seal. There'll be war ultimately as a result as the tribulation pursues on into it, particularly once the the middle of the tribulation comes. And then verse five says, when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold now a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And if you read on, you would see that this is famine, famine. So there's gonna be famine during the tribulation period. Uh, and then verse seven, and when he and this is uh, Revelation chapter six verse seven, when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, "Come and see." And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the and the name of him who sat on it was Death and Hell or Hades, Hell and Hades, s- same thing. Uh, followed with him, and power was given to them over the fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, death and and the beast, and with the beasts of the earth. So, of course, we, we have death and hell It uh, is this pale horse. So, so we have the white horse, the Antichrist, the, the uh, red horse, which is war, black horse, which is famine, and this pale horse, which indicates death and hell and so on and so forth. And like I said, these horsemen ride throughout the uh, seven-year tribulation period. They're not riding now. Some people think they're riding now, but they're not riding now. They've not been; re- they can't be released until they can't be released until after the rapture of the church. Okay, um, and, and I just want to say this right now: you know the time we're living in right now—it's uh, this coronavirus, COVID nineteen—and you see what's going on, and it's a terrible thing. And the deaths of the people—it's a terrible thing. The effect on the economy—a terrible thing. But dear friends this is just a foretaste just a foretaste of what's coming during the tribulation period. You know a lot of times when when I've taught on the rapture over the years folks have come up to me afterward and said wow we're not going to have to face anything we're going to get out of here before all the trouble takes place. Well you know get out of here meaning the rapture well Yes, we're going to get out of here, all right, in the rapture before the really bad, nasty, horrible, terrible stuff comes, which we'll talk about as we go. We'll we'll miss that. But I've said this for years, there's some things the church is gonna have to go through. There's some things before the rapture that the church is going to have to go through. And we're living through one of them right now with this worldwide pandemic. And this is just a foretaste of what's going to come during the tribulation period, which is far more savage and terrifying than what we're going through right now. And so the church is going to have to go through some stuff. Like I said, we're going through some stuff,
0: but thank God we have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, So anyway,
1: you've got these first four seals deal with the uh, what's known as the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And then you have the fifth seal, which is a cry of the martyrs. Those are all the people who have been put to death for the cause of Christ. Now, I'll not spend much time with that. You can read that as you go. But uh, uh, what a blessing it is to die for the cause of Christ. And uh, much we could say for that about that. But then the sixth seal is in Revelation 6 at the end of the chapter has to do with cosmic disturbances, and there'll be a great earthquake, the sun's gonna become black, the moon, blood, meteors hitting the earth, the kings of the earth, great men, rich men, commanders, mighty men, slave and free alike, are gonna hide themselves in the caves and in the rocks or the mountains, and they'll. it'll be so bad during the tribulation the first half of it, the first three and a half years is bad. The last three and a half years is, is worse. There'll be people saying uh, to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand. And you can read that right at the end of Revelation chapter six. You know, I've been, uh, I started a series last Sunday on, uh, on the judgments of God.
0: And uh, we emphasize the goodness of God. We emphasize his mercy and his grace. But there is a judgment of God, dear friends. It's very real. His mercy endures forever. Forever. His anger is
1: for a moment, the Bible says, but you don't want to have anything to do with that moment of his anger.
0: And during the tribulation period is a time when God will be pouring out his wrath upon the earth. He is a God of love and mercy. He's also a God of judgment. And he's provided a way for all of us to escape that judgment. And that's by. Repenting of our sins. And receiving Jesus Christ as our savior and living for him and serving him the rest of our lives. A lot of people don't want to talk about God's judgment. You see people
1: that won't receive God's goodness. And God extends his goodness for For hours and days and weeks and months and years
0: and years and years and decades. And even for millennia. But ultimately, if people won't repent. The only thing left. Is judgment. And one of the most troubling things that I see as I study the book of Revelation, and we'll get into
1: this more in detail and look at the verses in a future session,
0: probably next week, is that even while the judgments of God are falling all around, terrifying things, God is looking for people to repent. And yet people don't repent. We'll read it.
1: In 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 the verses next week or as we go along, people don't repent even even when the judgment of God is falling all around in ways that
0: is unimaginable to us unimaginable to us. And He's just looking for people to repent, but they refuse to. And that that's hard. It's always been hard for me to fathom. So we have these six seals. Next week, we'll start up with the seventh seal, which is a prelude to the seven trumpets, seven trumpet judgments. And
1: we'll see as we get into the seventh seal that there's going to be silence in heaven for about a half hour before
0: these trumpet judgments come forth. You know, God has angels that are angels of judgment. He has, The Bible
1: says angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister on, on, on our behalf as Christians, all right.
0: but He also has angels of judgment. And we'll see that seven of them are going to come forth when
1: Jesus opens that seventh seal. There'll be seven, seven angels with seven trumpets, each one with a trumpet, seven trumpets that are going to blow in judgment during the tribulation period upon the earth. Before that happens, there's going to be silence in heaven for about a half hour. And it's always astounded me. Because, see, heaven is a place of excitement, a place of worship, a place of great joy. But why 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 silence for about a half hour? Because I believe as the people in heaven, and we'll be there and we'll see, oh my gosh, these judgment angels are about, these judgment trumpet, these seven angels with trumpets are about to blow on the earth and the judgment of God's going to be released. It's going to be so awesome and terrifying that it'll, it'll cause a, a holy, awesome hush in heaven for about a half hour before they're released to
0: blow. We'll get into them, I believe next week as we go. I'm also going to talk to you next week about the
1: Great revival that's going to take place on the earth right after the rapture of the church and right after the Antichrist is released. So we'll get into all that next week. Dear friends, if you're out there and you're listening to me and you've never received Jesus, you've never repented of your sins and received Jesus, I want to
0: invite you to do that right now. Just in your heart, just tell the Lord, I repent of my sins turn, repent means to turn from, turn from a sinful lifestyle and ask Jesus to come into your life,
1: receive him. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and my
0: savior. If you'll do that, meaning it, believing it in your heart, trusting in him, trusting in him, he'll come in. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I want to invite you to do that right now because God doesn't
1: want you and I don't want you to have to go through anything that's going to be coming on the earth in the tribulation hour. And when I say hour, I mean that seven year period. You can escape it. You really can by receiving Jesus as your savior and then serving him the rest of your life. So Please do that. If you've done that, let us know. You can contact me. The information's there around where my picture is. Go to SummitChurch.us. Send me an email. I'd rejoice with you. But get saved today if you're not saved. And if you've been out, there, if you're out there and you've been living lukewarm, you haven't been living for the Lord as you should. I want to encourage you. Repent. Get yourself right with the
0: Lord. Okay. Because uh, there's some some uh, terrible things coming on the earth, but thank God
1: he has made a way of escape for us all through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going to stop right here. We'll pick up right here next week, and I look forward to seeing you this Sunday as we continue with uh, studying
0: about the judgment of God, okay? So it's, it's it'll be an exciting time. I'll see you then. God bless you. Bye-bye.